0: In Afghanistan, in Pakistan, and in Nigeria, three areas where they've not fully succeeded, there are people who have been killed for carrying polio vaccine around. In Afghanistan, the Taliban will come shoot everybody. And do you know what the WHO will do? They will send another set. They will come, beg the Taliban, talk to them, negotiate, and send another set. They do it in Pakistan, they do it in Nigeria, do it in Afghanistan. Do you know why? Because they know it works. They know it works. They know if we, and then listen, if we don't get it all over the world, the success we recorded in Europe is wasted. Because these are the days of jet travel. You catch coronavirus in China, next day in Los Angeles. You get my point. <laughs> had, look, so they know because they are fully persuaded, you will see a man who claims he does not believe in God. We give like Tetona did those days. Give one billion dollars to these guys to go and fight problems. Bill Gates will say all his money. And he's doing so much of it that Warren Buffett said his wife and him agree to give out all the money they will make. And they became the richest, you no, know, of course, as a couple, the richest on the earth. Warren Buffett was the richest person on the earth for a long time. He's always been among the top five richest. But he and his wife agreed they would give all their money off to charity, not leaving it for their children. The children are settled, so they're not giving them anything. And one day, he got up and gave Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation 85% of the richest man's wealth, handed to. Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. I don't know what I get getting my point. Bill and Melinda Gates was already possibly the, the richest foundation on the earth. Then the richest man took 85% of all the money he had and gave to them. He said, why? He said because he found out. Now, he said something which all of us you know. He said giving out money is as hard as making it. Let me qualify it. Intelligent giving out of money. Not zakat. Are you my point? Not charity, just come out like uh, come out on the road. Hey, who need money? Hey, take, 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 take. Not a uh, Don Jassy kind of giving. I mean, <laughs> real giving. He said it's very difficult, that he doesn't know how to do it. That he has found a man who knows how to do it. So to feel the pledge, because his wife died shortly before that time. So they agreed they would do it before they die. Now that his wife is gone, somebody has to do it. Because he too can drop dead any day. And they will not have fulfilled their pledge. So Decided to give every 85% of Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Why? Because these guys believe in what they believe. I hope you're getting my point. But Christians, what do we do? Father can believe, mother can believe, but children must be safe. So we'll wrap the children, pack them, we'll not train them to be spiritual, you know, fundamentalists in the good way. We won't. We'll train them to be safe. We'll train them how to pray for God to bring bread and butter. We'll, <laughs> we'll train them on how to pray that God will heal their diseases. They will not carry them. Look for where they are safe. Keep them there. Don't risk your life. I did not suffer so you can suffer. I suffer so my children will not suffer. Ungodly statement from the mother of Christians. Because I see they don't believe. They don't believe. That's why I can't move. They don't believe. It's not often you find men like my friend Pastor Courage. One day the children were on holiday, they say, everybody, to Meduguri. So your father can't be there preaching the gospel. Then you go to hide it because you are going to invest in Lagos. No. On holiday, they joined him. They stayed. <laughs> they stayed in Meduguri, following their father up and down. From IDP camp to IDP camp. From minister seminar to church service in Meduguri. Then they come and blow all of us together. If nothing else, his wife will pray extra. That period. Before she was praying for her husband, but now Her husband and her first two sons. Not the two boys. So. This is Isaac. <laughs> ah. In fact, you know, my good sister for me I found out that they were going I called the daughter. You said, you are going for a mission. Yeah? Followed. So all of them followed. Follow Pastor Courage. You know what? Christians hardly do that. We rather package the same children keep them in one part of godless Europe for safekeeping. And we say, Why is Islam taking things over? If you were God, let me tell you something, God is just. God is just. God is just. What did I say? Shout it loud. If he, listen to me, if he doesn't find people who are truly committed to Christ Jesus, the sacrifice of Jesus will have little effect on the earth. Fact, it moved because people like Paul committed themselves to it, they knew it was true. So he sold himself out entirely for the gospel. Everywhere he went, he said, no, you must understand what I'm saying. You know, when I see the kind of negotiation WHO enters with Taliban, you know, you would have thought that after they kill their workers, America will come with guns and avenge me of my adversary. You know, that kind of thing. And they won't go there again. No. They will beg the families of the dead people. Then return to the place, and say, who is the imam in charge around here? They will talk to him. Do everything. Get an informed Muslim to come. Offer to take the medicines themselves. They know once they can convert that mean man. And his children take the medicine. The eyes of everybody. They've made it. If they have to pay him, they would. And they are carrying the solution to only one disease. Not two. That vaccine does not cure any other thing. Doesn't it cure meningitis. Does not prevent you from having kata. Just tackles one disease poliomyelitis. Then Christians claim they are bringing the solution to the problems of the whole world. Behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the whole world. They can't commit themselves, commit their resources, commit their children, nothing. And you, <laughs> except God does, God does something, you think Islam will not take over? They have to. It's divine order. That's why Paul said, "I am doing my share in that which is lacking." They have to. You see, see, Christians they want to marry. If it's not from my village, they still won't marry. Shame on you! Proper shame. Who marry marriage? Fine girl. Fine boy. You still can't cross tribal barriers. Ordinary marriage. Ordinary. You don't stop that nonsense. Your children will, will shout Don't say God forbid her. Our That wife you will marry that's from your father's friend's compound. Just two streets away in your village. Marry her first. You will come to me for deliverance. And I will not deliver you. I'll send it to Kimute. Who will also not deliver you? <laughs> You're on your own, no? You find Christians. Calabos. They are still paying tight. Still paying tight. Uh, God will rebuke the devourer from the rest of the money so they can use it to build the house. When you see wicked people are praying the gospel, you will see they are apt. They don't believe in it. I say, God, this is your tithe. See that 90%. You will leave it for me. They are not committed to the gospel. They are idol worshippers. Their idol is just Jesus Christ. But still the same worship of idols. I bow to you. You give me a wife, you give me children, you give me money. Now I, I will give you a portion. And then you bless me, you take ten percent. You bless me, you take the, If you need more, ask me, I'll just give you some. That one is a special seed. And that one too, let's get it clear. You see, multiply it back. Oh. You know, if we bother to resist our head very well, just think and stop being stupid. You will know that those negotiations can't make sense. They can't work. How can I have money? You asked me to give it to you, promise you to give me back. And you are you, 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 you getting my point? And I feel like, as if uh, you are doing me a favor. Say if you give me that money, I'll give you ten percent. I said, No, don't worry, I'll just keep hundred percent. I'll be fine. Do you get my point? I'll, I'll just keep my hundred percent, I'll be fine. You give me money so I can multiply it back. What should I answer you? Think about it. I like my money the way it is. Keep your own. Forget that rubbish. The, the people who, this, these are Christians who don't believe God to them is, is a method of getting. It's a tool, thank you. God is just a tool. People are not committed to real change. Then they will not sit down. And be analyzing the problem between federal government and amateur. They have the solution to the problems of mankind. They will be sitting down and prophesying, you know, the vision of the country as if that will solve a problem. Paul said, I'm doing my share in that which is lacking in that sacrifice. That is, if the people don't know that I have to preach so they will know. Because he knew, he knew that this is the real solution. He gave himself totally for it. Basically, we don't believe. People will, will spend money to go and deliver abroad. The kind of money they've never given for the preaching of the gospel. It's a sign they don't believe. Now, Trump has you know, one brother sent me a message yesterday. He said, Prophet Pastor Banky. I said, oh boy. Why are you prophesying my name? He said you prophesied, he sent me a link. <laughs> that's not true. They are reviewing it now. If you carry bele, all you pregnant people, don't go near the American border. They will send you back home. And that's their new rule now. And just waiting wait this this, bele. Back to sender. Carry, you go give your husband. Go, come, don't come here. here. People will save money, do everything. They not say that they can't borrow to give to the gospel. Because it's acceptable to account to what a man has. But when you want born picking in a country to get earthly visa, earthly passport, which means nothing. So Solomon says vanity. People, they poor for America, they poor for Nigeria. If they die for Nigeria, they die for America. They are not close to the will of God because of the country you live in. In fact, that may be the way you all miss your destiny. The light is the Bible says the light shines in darkness. Our own light must shine inside light. And that's how we read our own gospel. What did the Bible say? The light shines where? No, when our light wants to shine, say, Come, show me where there's light. Let me go and join the light. So you disappear, you see your little candle. This little light of mine disappears into big light of everybody. Light that's supposed to shine, sees darkness and runs away. We charge our battery, put inside torch. Say torch, walk now. Say this place is too dark. So I will shine tomorrow when when the sun comes out. <laughs> See the kind of foolish touch we have become. <laughs> Always running away from problems. Looking for where we are not needed, so we can blend. And most people like to go to where they are not needed. I said something last time. I was hoping to get there today. I, I might not because I'm watching time. Time is really going. Listen, until we define what prosperity is and understand that God has made us a light to shine in the darkness. all is struggling praying for prosperity. We will pray for a very long time. Now, when you want to pray for promotion now, say, Lord, I need to shine. Just, just understand that put me on my lampstand. There are places that you can't shine there. Why? Your light is not the type that will shine in that place. The place is full of other kinds of lights. If you come in there, you will not shine. you want to shine? I have to place you on the lampstand and put you in the darkness. But many people, their lights have gone to sleep. Why? There's no sun yet. Tomorrow, When, when sun comes, it will shine. So they are sleeping. Why? They look out. There's no year sun. We, will shine. we can't shine now. Why? Everywhere is dark. Country is not good. Things are not working well yet. So we we'll keep sleeping. Then when we have a good government, and the roads are good, and power is constant, and water is flowing, and there is no kidnapping, and there is no armed robbery, and the police follows proper order, and there is no corrupt judge, There is no corrupt politician. Life is perfect. And I'm going to bring out my light. And I'm going to let it shine. God said, oh fool. This night. (laughs) Don't you understand? The reason why we need light is because there is darkness. That is the major problem God has. People who don't believe. They go to church but they don't believe anything. You only tickle them. You know the, the messages they like. This year, every power, fighting your destiny with die fire. You will see all the mubus. Amen! You will not drop a dangerous seed. And Christians like that kind of thing. Do you know why? Because they promise them extra money. They don't believe anything. They're just investing. They won't die for anything. That's why I like the way I preach. I like it very much. Before I ask you to give an offering, I've warned you that I collect and they collect. I'm not giving you back. God will multiply it. Then those who are remaining after, you will know those who really are fighting with Gideon. <laughs> yeah. One I want to give money to things, I first warn you. I've come with no special promises. If you have 10,000 and you give us 5,000, only 5,000 will remain in Jesus' name. Amen. So if you are not willing for that, just go. Now they, those who remain, you now know these are the people fighting with Gideon. Those kind of people, ordinary trumpet they will blow, armies will run. When God wants to bless people, when he wants to change things, that's what he does. First, Jesus died for people, then he has he gets people who have believed in Christ Jesus to go around spreading that truth. They are crying for deliverance. Jesus said, No problem, I have brought deliverance. But then, when deliverance comes, first I do it spiritually, everybody that believes has been delivered. But they now have to learn what the Bible say, calls, you know, um, hey, there's an expression I'm looking for. Anyway, they have to now walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. They have to bear fruit in keeping with repentance. That's what I was looking for. They must now habitually bear fruit in keeping with repentance. Without that, the deliverance that God paid for in Christ Jesus does not work. It doesn't work. So in our individual lives, we have to learn. That's what the Bible calls the precepts of God. We start working according to His precepts. Now, actually, where I'm going is this. You know, we say we're talking about the gospel of change, right? And I say there are two sides to it. One, change inside us, then change around us. I said something last time, let me just go over something again. Now I believe something we, we must be heavenly minded, amen? amen, but we're just using earthly things because the barometer that God used to gauge spiritual things. What I mean is this: you will see Jesus tell a lot of stories, but uses earthly things to give you the illustrations. very, very important. now, so when things are happening on the earth, they reflect spiritual activity, they do so if you really want to see the effect of what Jesus has done, how people are keen into it, it will begin to affect their environment. What what do I mean is this? Now, you've heard me explain this before, but for those who may not have heard the explanation, let me just go over it one more time. Noah, after the flood, after God wiped out all the wickedness on the earth at that time, and left Noah and his family. Three sons were left with Noah. Shem, Japheth, and Ham, or Shem, Ham, and Japheth, I don't know. Anyway, three of those guys. We know that Shem, that's where Abraham came from. Then one day, Ham sinned, and Noah said, What? According to the Bible, cursed be Canaan. I've explained it here before, even though you don't read what I want to say directly in the Bible, but it's inferred in the scriptures that Noah actually. In reality, if you were present the day Noah de- that declared that curse, most likely what you will, you will have heard is caused by Ham. You say, but the Bible says Canaan. Wait. Moses wrote Canaan. Are you saying Moses said something that's not true? No. Moses was narrowing the narrative. You must understand that. Moses was telling Israel, because no, Moses compiled the whole thing. I was telling Israel, we are going to take the land of Canaan. Why are we taking the land of Canaan? It's because as part of, now, our taking it is part of the fulfillment of a curse that Canaan was part of. Actually, if you read the scriptures, you will see Elisha say things like, the leprosy of Naaman will not depart from Gehazi and his descendants. Do you understand that? So you could say Asmi Gehazi had a son, and the son of the name of that son was. Give me one funny Jewish name. Ahab. Let's just call him Ahab. All right. So, so one day you see Ahab is having problems. You what happened to Ahab. You know what he will say. You say, Elisha cursed him. You say why? Because of the sin they committed against him in collecting stuff from Naaman. If that's all you said and nobody heard the story, he, will, the fellow will go around blaming Eli- Elisha for the problem in the house of this Ahab guy. But if you read closer, you will find that, that what Elisha said was to Gehazi, who happens to be the father of this Ahab. And this Ahab fellow we are using hypothetically now was just a part of the curse that was on Gehazi. Do you get my point? Noah Place his curse, I'm convinced, on Ham. My reason for explaining it is to let you know that Ham had not only Canaan, but three other sons. Cush, Put, and Mizraim. I don't know the exact details of how they descended, but most of Africa came from these people. And what's the curse that was placed upon Ham and Canaan? He said, a servant of servants they will be. Now, servants come with different types. In every home, those days, the way it was, they had slaves. They had servants. When John the Baptist was talking about servants concerning Jesus Christ, he said, I'm not worthy to be the lowest of servants, that is, to untie the sandals. In every, no household like that, they were the lowest servants. They were not trained to be intelligent. They had no sense. They had no destiny. They had nothing just food, and where to sleep. So they untied the servants, they carried the load, but there were other servants. For example, Eliezer of Damascus was a servant. You know Eliezer of Damascus? Do you remember him? He was going to inherit Abraham's wealth. Abraham said it. This servant born in my house. That was Eliezer. He was not not a servant of servants. Eliezer was a chief servant. He had the key. He, was, he used to sign signature to draw money from Abraham's account. He was a chief accountant in Abraham's company, if you know what I'm going to say. So, when they say, go and find a wife for Isaac. And he was a trusted servant. He, Isaac was my lord to him, even though he was older than Isaac. Much older. was an elderly man, too. But he was a servant. So, he, going. He didn't ask Abraham, what should I take? He took gold. Took camels. Took everything he needed. And took other servants and said, let's go. And he was a servant. So there are different levels of servants. But when they wanted to curse Ham and his descendants, said, so you will not be a loser of Damascus. <laughs> no. You will be a servant of servants. My understanding of spiritual things, that curse hangs over Africa till today. It's a very horrible curse. Very horrible curse it is. Hey, last time I traveled to the U.S., I was at my friend's house. He said, Banky, there are things we have to say to him when we get to heaven. He said, Noah has to explain why you place that, that kind of curse on a human being. He wasn't laughing. He's a black man, he lives in America. That of all things to say to a human being. You can't find other curses. You can't say you will die early. Unless you all die in prosperity. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> no, my friend was not finding it funny. I told him, GG's, it made me laugh. We we're driving one day. We just got to one junction, no one roundabout like that. So <laughs> very funny. He slowed down. Why are you slowing down? He, do, he did turn his pocket, brought out some money. Wound down, handed to some guys begging. They were one wise young man and a young lady. They had this big placard that they're about to be ejected from their house. Then a husband and wife or boyfriend and girlfriend or sister and brother, I don't know. And i please they have till Friday to pay so they don't have money. They're about to become homeless. Somebody help. So they carry the placard. That's how they beg in America. They don't talk to you. They carry the sign. No, I'm serious. I'm serious. They just hang his sign. You see funny signs like I have burger, I need milk. <laughs> and the guy is not joking. Where did he get the burger from? In the morning he said, I have nothing to eat. So somebody was going to work, ate part of a burger, give gave him the rest. So he now says, okay, I have burger. So he changes his sign to have burger already. <laughs> I need milk. So somebody will stop and give him milk they did not finish. A milkshake or something. America has some crazy people. <laughs> So that day I said No, he said, he said, look, I'll explain what all happened. So I was going, he said, look, in this country, the impression is that it's blacks that beg. He said, any time I see a white beggar, I encourage him. <laughs> <laughs> he said, look, he, said, he told me, he said, oh boy, any time I see a white beggar, I must give him money. Because he has to come back tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> the Lord is good. Is the one that told me that, listen, when well, we'll get to heaven, Noah has to explain. I believe that that curse hangs over Africa. That's just my personal conviction. I don't think I'm wrong. I was going to say I may be wrong, but I don't think I'm wrong. Because you have, you have to understand that some things don't make natural sense. I'm a doctor, all right, by, medical, by natural training. So I know a lot about human physiology, human anatomy, and everything. The brain of every human being is the same. In every aspect. The difference in our genes, when they analyze all our genes as human beings, the difference between one person and another is accounted for by less than 0.3% of the genes. And you cannot tell the difference whether you are white or black. Even though your skin is dark, or Iboman skin is white. We have the same number of melanin-producing cells. Just that like the genes are arranged in such a manner that theirs just does not produce melanin. Ours produces a lot. If you enter the sun, they darken too. There is no genetic explanation for the difference. Development just happens for certain reasons you don't, don't you don't understand. The, Abraham was going to get his slave. It has to be Hagar, Egyptian girl. I've not read the story where well. I should go and check. When Jacob married, you understand, he gave his they gave the girls servants. Go and check what they were. to. Is a spiritual matter. It is a spiritual matter. But I don't like to dwell on that. What I'd like to dwell on is the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Let me say to you, the curse of Noah has been broken. Amen. It has been broken permanently, irrevocably, unchangeably. It has been broken. However, that curse in itself is still hanging over the people if they are outside Christ. It's only broken inside Christ. Only inside Christ, only inside Christ, only inside Christ, only inside Christ is he broken. When I say it's been broken permanently, I mean over you. I mean over me. I mean over the children of God. It has been permanently and totally broken. Yeah, that's a matter of fact. Now, this is the assignment. Paul said they don't know. They know not. Neither do they understand. David was saying. So they walk on in darkness. That is what my preaching is about. They don't know. They don't understand. So they walk on in darkness. They have been delivered. The curse over their lives have been broken or has been broken but they don't know and they don't understand. So they keep on walking in darkness. Now I say something. When God has done something physically it should show. Do you know Let me say something. Before I say what I'm about to say, let me just say this. That curse we talked about, eh, is hanging there, and I've read my Bible up and down. I can't find a blessing that can counteract it outside Christ Jesus. See, if the descendants of Shem don't know Christ, they have a blessing to hide under. I don't know that you're getting my point. Yeah, they have a blessing. There's a blessing out there that can keep them. It's not, perf- it's not anything near that of Christ, but this is there. Noah blessed them. After them, people blessed them. So those blessings hang. The blessings of the patriarchs, they hang over them. But you look at the descendants of Ham, nothing. So the continent shall remain dark until the people step into the light that is found only in Christ Jesus. The continent shall remain dark. You know, I, I, I think about United States as a country. They may be operating a lot under the blessings of Shem, but a, a spiritual blessing was part of the land. God chose them for certain reasons. But what I want to bring out, okay, is, of course, the blessing of Christ is also there. A lot of people came into the blessing of Christ and they affected the environment, which is what we're what trying to explain, okay? Now, but I want to bring out something. One of the reasons, why, let me tell you something here. I said it last time. Don't be deceived when people tell you that uh, if Nigeria knows how to plan, country go good. It's a lie. Don't be deceived when some people tell you that uh, if we elect the right leaders, the country will be good. It's a fatter lie. If you want to believe the worst lie, believe this one. If you can break into the major regions and become individual countries, then things will be in order. It is a fat test of the three lies. This one is robust, is well fed, deceives people and kills people. It's a fat lie. The scriptures make it clear to us that gathering in itself is not a problem. God said they can gather, but I will scatter. To let you know spiritually, gathering is the least, is the first problem you are solving. When you finish gathering, you will now see what they call scattering. A Scattering is compulsory except there is a blessing holding what you have gathered for you. He said they will bring it and put it into pockets with holes. Do you know, you look at African countries, they have the biggest holes in their pockets. For a long time, their leaders will collect money and carry it to Switzerland, carry it to America, carry it to Different parts of Europe and economies will thrive on stolen wealth from the continent. It's called pocket with holes. You, you, you must understand something there. Eh? One of the ways God, God blesses people is that people bring wealth into the place. You know, the United States of America, today, they're blessed. There's a blessing over the land. Like I said, three reasons. One, Shem has something. But beyond that, a lot of the pilgrims, they came over there. The Puritans, they brought the blessing of Christ, put over the land. And be careful when you interpret things. They keep on trying to whip up sentiments that they displaced the native Indian, what they call the American natives. You know, they are called Indians because Christopher Columbus thought he was going to India. So when he got there, he thought he was in India. I didn't know he missed his way. Are you getting my point? So the people he met there, <laughs> they call them Indians, but they don't use the word Indians anymore. They use the word Native Americans, okay? So the people complain that they took the land of the Americans, the Native Americans, listen, in Be. That's how they also went to Australia and New Zealand and kicked out the Aborigines. It's not the white people's problem. It's God's problem. That's how Israel also went those days and kicked out the Canaanites, the Amorites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Perizzites, all of them, kicked them out. So don't be impressed. And if you don't repent and preach the gospel... Headsmen will actually kick you out of villages and settle there. And you can complain in 100 years to become normal. The people they call Egyptians today, the Arabs. The original Egyptians are gone. Go and check those days. Egyptians, the Ethiopian, the lubim They were black people. At least dark-skinned. They, they are gone. The Arabs swallowed them. So do so Spiritual motions... And you see all those ships carrying Arabs to Europe. In a few generations, you won't see white people there again. Spiritual things move. Okay? But let me sit on my message. That's not even the point I want to make to you. The point I'm trying to make is that. So, those people came. So, they had, a lot of people brought the blessing of Christ into the land. The thought source of their blessing is the choice of God, special work that was doing in a particular season. Okay? But how did the blessing manifest? There are a lot of things. But what God did was to create the desire. Made them the desire of the nations. So people carry their wealth and run to America. Are you getting my point? Albert Einstein was from Germany, a Jew, but from Germany. He brought his scientific knowledge. Not only him, I think Neil, Bohr, a lot of them. High quality scientists from Europe. When crisis broke out in Europe, they ran to America. Best brains in the world. Harvard will be lying to you that they train people. Harvard does not train people better than an average school, as far as I understand. The only thing they do is that they select the best brains in the world. If you put all the young graduates who want to go to for postgraduates in the world together to do exams, assume they are 100,000, Harvard will take the top 0.1%, assume they are 1 million. He will take the top 0.1%. These are people that can learn on their computers. They don't need Harvard anything. They are so intelligent by themselves. To get into Harvard is war. So fighting to get into Harvard has already shown that you know it. If Harvard wants to tell me they are good, they should go to a jail like go to a Close their eyes. tum tumbom, tum tum bum, Carry people. That after five years, give me people that are better than UNN graduates. And I know you can train people. Not as if we are fully training UNN graduates. We have flogged them, given them assignments, done everything. They you now, they, they on their own, read, 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 do preparing for your exam. And finally, you now take two of our best of the best, best, bestest, best, best. Now return them to us after 18 months says they have our graduates. What kind of nonsense is it? It's a lie. It's not a lie. Fat lie. Fat lie. Anyway, it's how spiritual things work. It's the desire of the nations. People take their wealth, bring it, and donate it. The country keeps getting stronger and stronger. If America needs money, it doesn't have to do anything. It just needs to print dollar. They all go to the machine. Print me one trillion dollars. What's going to happen to it? Nigerians will buy it. Ghanians will buy it. Brazilians will buy it. Saudis will buy it. Indians will buy it. Anytime you buy a dollar, it's all the sweat of the last three weeks. $100. You've just donated the wealth. So right now, $100 is America's number one export. The dollar bill. They are so powerful in that regard. If they say you will not trade, you will find it hard to trade. I, have you ever asked yourself, why they unilaterally place a sanction on Iran, and Iran is having problems? Why? Because the whole world trades with the dollar. And when America says you are, we are putting a sanction on you, it means you can't use our dollar. So you have oil, nobody can buy. Don't be angry. Don't be angry. That's how God prospers people. I'm not telling you to be angry. Go home and say no. <laughs> use bless people. No, bless people. That's how it is. Are you not the one that says favor is not fair? Eh? What is now working against you now? That's why you know it should be fair. It's never fair. Never fair. Never fair. I'm going to emphasize to you, spiritual things control the movement of wealth. That's what I'm going to emphasize to you. The brain of the average American and average African is a normal brain. The body is a normal body. The average climate down here is fantastic. It's one of the richest continents on the earth in terms of natural resources. The country Congo is the reason why you have a mobile phone. That's what they call rare earth. There are some elements on this that you only find in Congo and maybe China. Congo has two and a half times the size of Nigeria. Mostly jungle, but every pack of soil there is rich in minerals. They are still one of the poorest countries on the earth. And so it shall remain until the people that live physically on that soil learn the truth of Christ and walk in it. Me, I Everything I've told them, I'm not angry. Do I look angry to you? I'm not angry. I, 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 maybe I can't be angry. Anger lies in the bosom of fools. Are you getting my point? <laughs> I understand the spiritual climate that produces it. You know what God says? The people you are angry for, let me isolate them, put them on their own together. Watch their spiritual climate. You know any blessing they have is even messy. That spiritually, brain physically can be the same, but spiritually, <laughs> you do listen because the God's curses are not unfair, even though they're ancestral, each generation does what is required to tap into it. So, and when you do that, I try to emphasize something that you get down to a continent like this, they will remain down until you and I. Arise and shine because we have received the light of God. And it is not a joke. We have a duty to arise and shine. I was going somewhere because of time. I may have to stop. Hopefully, I can continue next time. That how do we arise and shine? Paul said, I go around preaching. That's one. But not everybody is a preacher in the way Paul is a preacher. You know that. But God now listen to this God will give everybody listening to me who is a child of God, a believer in Christ Jesus, God will give you a platform from which you will instruct men in righteousness. Amen. Let's read these two scriptures. Well, I will know where I stopped. We'll continue from that point. Daniel chapter 12. Just me pick something here. For time's sake, of course, I don't need everything that's there, but this truth is just inserted in the middle of that, so let's bring it out and use it. Verse 3. It says, arise, shine, right? Now, verse 3 says, Those who have insight will shine brightly like the brightness of the expanse of heaven, and those who lead the many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. Please notice that truth. Those who have insight will shine brightly like the brightness of the expanse of heaven. And those who lead the many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. What am I trying to say here? I'm connecting two things. Shining is linked to what? Turning many to what? Righteousness. That's the meaning of shining. Be that the mind. How do we do that? I said, we'll read these two scriptures and I'll, I'll end it here. Ezra chapter 7. This time, let's read this in context. I want to know verse 10, but let's take it from 8. He came to Jerusalem in the fifth month, which was in the seventh year of the king. For on the first of the first month, he began to go up from Babylon. And on the first of the fifth month, he came to Jerusalem. Because the good hand of his God was upon him. Verse 10 is what I want. For Ezra has set his heart to study the law of the Lord and to practice it. And to teach his statutes and ordinances in Israel. Please, let's do that again. For Ezra has set his heart to study the law of the Lord. And to do what? Practice it and then teach his statutes and ordinances in Israel. Now, this is how to shine. What am I going to explain to us? There is no development for this continent of the people around us until they learn to do righteousness. First, they must learn to walk because you see, no matter what you learn to do, if you had not if you've already tapped into a curse, you have to come out from under it. So we'll preach the gospel. So we'll find a lot of people if you go to some countries like America and they'll tell you there's a revival in Africa. Because Major One gathers a lot of congregation. They'll tell there's revival in in Africa. Because when redeem gathers, how many how many people did that camp? They They usually estimate them to be between a million and three million people. I don't know the correct estimate. right, That gather in redemption camp. December will come from all over Africa, the rest of um, some parts of the world. Shiloh. People will gather. So they will record that there's revival in Africa. I live in South Africa. Bro, there ain't no revival. I watch it again and again. I said, bros, this ain't revival. People gather in large numbers. I can't see them being revived. They, they, are, they don't change the way they behave. Their business principles don't change. Their marriage principles don't change. They think all you need to do is pay it. I give you a first fruit. Sow special seeds and you are pleased God. Fat lie. Big fat lie. Listen, we have an assignment. And that's, what do, that's my message for today. I'll develop it again next time. That listen, what will change is far from us until we spread righteousness. I'm not talking about miracles. Though. What did I say? Until we spread righteousness. <laughs> Righteousness. God does miracle, does miracles. You the most, times God does miracles. What He does is, is, is introduce. Listen, is injecting the gospel afresh into a place. When that lightning of the gospel hits, it shakes things up. You see all kinds of miracles. After a while, it's not like the age of miracles will pass. No, 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 no. God's still doing miracles, but after a while, he said, guys, time to start walking in divine health. You, will not, you may not see miracles the way you, you saw it before, but you will see healing all the time. Uh, let me give Ken Higgins as an example. He said he used to do all these deliverance things. I used to see all kinds of manifestations, except that the lives of the people did not change. He said he would do deliverance services for two, three weeks. Then they would get tired, they would change to loosening services. Then they would get tired, they would change to getting free services. He said these were people that lived in the country those days, so he used to go to their homes, and he did not see any improvement in their lives. So he went to God to pray. He said, God, you saw us do deliverance, do this one. How come the lives of the people are not changing? And the Holy Spirit said to him, you see, these are your deliverance services. You are trying to get a result by them that only my word can produce. So he came to church, banned deliverance services, stopped losing meetings, and discontinued getting free services, and began to teach. And he taught, and he taught. And then one day his wife pointed out to him that in 12 years of being a pastor, not one time did somebody fall sick and die under his watch. Not once. He said, apart from one particular uh, situation, not one time did any of his church members get healed miraculously. Do you hear what I said? Once It did not happen that somebody fell sick and died. Twelve years of being a pastor. And he said, but only once did anybody get healed miraculously. Yet, every month, they used to see miraculous healings in their visitors. People would come to their churches, to those churches, and they would have what they call healing meetings, pray for the sick, before everybody. People would get out of wheelchairs, People will get, there are people who came in stretchers we get up and walk. He said, but only once did this happen to any of his church members. Only once. He said, yet, 100% of the times they got healed. But was hardly ever dramatic. He would just be teaching the word. The word would be entering them, changing them, changing you, changing me. Like we said last time, do you understand? Changing this person, changing, changing you know, like we say in medicine, insidiously, just gently turning people around, bringing down blood pressure, correcting the hearts, strengthening the livers, strengthening the kidneys, strengthening the pancreas. Diabetes is disappearing. People just keep improving, little by little, little by little, as the word is changing them bit by bit. We think we have a revival? Not church going is a no revival. I think we have to stop lying about this, our tithes and offering and first fruits. I'll tell you my reason why. Because when we stop that lie, we will now know whether people are really givers or they are not givers. But when we don't harass, threaten, you know, they will give. Fear. They are not cheerful givers. You know what they are? Fearful givers. God does not love fearful givers. If we just stop scaring them for a year, let's see whether they are really giving. Then to make them give, we will now teach the truth. Then not only will they prosper, they will also know how to give then you will know people are really working with God. Not the ones that you have scared them into collecting their tithe every month and first fruit at the end of January. Say tomorrow is, uh, next week is first fruit week now. If you give first fruit out of fear, I'm not saying you don't give first fruit, you can give. But if it's because of fear, you'll be broke for six months. I mean, you know me. You can give, but don't be afraid. Don't do anything out of fear. That if I don't give it now, I will be in trouble. You, if you do, you'll still be in trouble. So just eat your money and be in trouble. Are you getting <laughs> my point? <laughs> the Lord is good. Listen, let, let me summarize. I want us to close now. We have an assignment, every one of us, to do what Ezra is saying. We will all learn the truth. We will practice it. And now, listen to this part of it. God will give you a platform from which he will teach it. Now, one of those platforms, I just feel like saying it. I didn't plan it last time, and I know it was the Spirit of God. One of these platforms, you will interpret as prosperity. Because it will come with material increase. But I want to warn you ahead of time, it's not a platform for chopping and living large. It's a platform for teaching what? Righteousness. For example, you will have an option to change your car and get a more modern car or to expand your business. I forbid you to change the car. Expand the business. Increase from employing 2 to 5. Increase from employing 5 to 20. And it shall come to pass, in just the next few years, you shall employ 1,000. Let me tell you one way by which you teach righteousness is by your own lifestyle. Number by one way you teach righteousness is by how you live, not what you preach. There's something they said St. Francis of Assisi did once. He was a monk, an ascetic. He lived a very interesting life. He so said once he told his boys, come, let's go to the market and go and preach. So they followed. He wanted to make a point. So they followed him to the market. They moved around the market from one store to the other. Just moved around, moved around. They moved and moved after some time. They finished walking around the market. He led them back to their base. So they got confused. Excuse me, sir. You said we should go out to go and preach. We have not preached anything today. And that was a lesson we had to teach them. He said if our lives can't preach the gospel, our words can't. you what he said? He said if our lives won't preach that gospel... Our words can't. That was what he wanted to show them. So when he said, let's go and preach him, let's walk to the market. They walked for some time in the market. They didn't preach to anybody, then they left. He wanted to let them understand that number one way you preach this gospel is to live by it. Not show off living, no. Just normal living. Like I said, we are going to be witnesses. And this time I don't want witnesses who just jump into buses. And say, the soul that sinned, shall die. I guess we all know that by now. You know witnesses we need? Witnesses who are in offices, they retire money and it's complete. And the colleagues are like, what is wrong with you? And then you explain to them what is wrong with you. I hope you're getting my point here. God will set you up one day, you are working for somebody in an office, government, and they will not pay you for three months. And everybody will have an excuse to do all kinds of things, including not coming to work regularly. And God will say to you, and I want you to notice part of what I want to say. And God will be saying to you, in effect, I know what I'm doing. I'm, I'm, I'm tightening things for everybody, including you. That's when I need you to shine. I want you to go to work like everything is normal. I want you to anoint your face like Jesus said. Put a smile behave as if you are the best paid person in this earth on this earth when people come attend to them then your fellow workers will say what is wrong with you never smile and look away like nothing is wrong with you gather them and tell them what is wrong with you what is wrong with you will tell them from god comes my reward that's what is wrong with me what is wrong with me i'm not doing this work for this man or for this government I'm doing this work for the God, the governor amongst the nations. His marking he comes before all of us every day. He stays till we have left. That is what is wrong with me. I hope you're getting my point. He will open a business for you. He will give your staff and yourself all kinds of temptations to do things that are wrong. Because listen, that's one thing people don't understand. When you are living in life, you're not every life you are living is a statement. Though. It's a statement. It's a statement. When I'm making decisions a lot of times, God taught me that long ago, and God's helping me I still do what I can as much as I can today. It's not the decision itself, it's the story around it when I have to testify. That's my issue. I don't like stories I can't finish telling. Do you get my point? We leave a part out because it does not glorify God. You make decisions. You see, I'll give an example earlier about marriage. Jesus has saved you, liberated you from ancestral curses. They you want to use your two feet to walk back into them because you can't marry from a far place. It has to be the village near yours. Like I always say, tomorrow, when you have problems, and you shall have problems. Nobody, listen, everybody has problems. In this world, you will have what? Tribulations. Am I Jesus that said it? And when it's time for your tribulations, now show me who you will pray to. Don't go to God. Because when it was time to choose a wife, choose a husband, you did not come here. You didn't go to him. You went to your igwe. You went to your vidibia. You chose according to their instructions. Go to them for blessing. I hope you're getting my point here. Everything we do in life, we are making a statement. So number one way we preach the gospel is that what you claim to believe, it must show. That's why, see, all these rubbish assemblies we go to, we call churches, which God shall soon close down, where all they are doing is teaching you the fear of witches. Better stop going there. Better stop going there. If you are going to a church where your pastor sees visions, and the vision is who is the witch, don't go tomorrow. I hope you hear what I said. And let me just say the truth. I'm not joking about it. I mean, literally, you will see half of your problems vanish in the first two weeks. Half of your problems will melt in two weeks, and you won't pray about them. I'm not talking about praying about them. Some of you have marriage problems because of the church you go to, because that was where you found out that your wife is a witch. She was not a witch until you lost your job, and losing job is a strange thing. People will lose their job. They want to know who took it from them. Is your boss. Then why are you making it look like? Is this pepperless house in your house you now, you now want to be fighting? Because she can't do anything. Let me tell you, if you oppress a woman like that, when God will show you something, eh, you know, there's a kind of problem God will give you. Only you can survive it. Your wife can't even help you. Like a lump grows in your throat and stays there. What can she do now? You go swallow, you go tired. But like she will sleep off. You know, if God punishes you with hunger, two of you go, if the wife go bring food. He will give you. When God also show you something, don't worry, don't worry. I'll give you something that only. <laughs> Please don't tempt him, don't tempt him, don't tempt him. Some people, there are problems. You, you went to a church where your pastor is God. You should know you are not going. Stop going. You can't travel without his permission. It's not a church, it's a cult. Because he needs to cover the journey. And if you're a pastor listening to this, your life eh, is what you are risking. You are covering everybody. (laughs) Uh, uh, I'm just feeling sorry for you because you will stretch yourself so thin, cover this person, cover this person. One day you snap. (laughs) (laughs) Let us pray. Let's go home. It's getting dark. The Lord is good. (laughs) I said the Lord is good. Oh, let's just glorify Jesus in our prayer. Let's just say Jesus will worship you. Jesus will worship you. You are worthy to be glorified. You are worthy, Jehovah. You are worthy to be glorified. You are worthy, Lord. You are worthy, Lord. You are worthy to be glorified. You are worthy, Jehovah. You are worthy to be glorified. You are.